Yeah, so cybersecurity is uh, equally important to small businesses as it is to a large one. So more and more, are, we're seeing small businesses be attacked uh, by cyber criminals. And that can be something small or something big like like ransomware. So in fact, more than half of uh, the attacks are focused on small businesses. Welcome to Paychex Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, my name is Gene Marks. I am here speaking to Kristen Harper. Kristen is the Manager of Operations Security at Paychex. First of all, Kristen, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Gene. Yep. So, Kristen, like, so just a little bit about your job. So, you know, our audience can understand why I'm talking to you today. I mean, are you... Are you more concerned with cybersecurity issues protecting Paychex's data, or, or or do you work directly with clients as well to give them, you know, sort of cyber advice or cyber consulting? So uh, internally here at Paychex uh, is where my team is focused. Right. So uh, aside from user education, which is a huge part of protecting both our clients and our clients protecting their businesses, um, as well as us protecting paychecks. So the education piece is probably where that crosses. Got it, got it. And how long have you been doing this? So I've been with Paychex for 24 years and the last four and a half in cybersecurity. That is crazy. So you, so before you got into the whole cybersecurity area, did you have any knowledge of cybersecurity or is this like self-taught? Oh, uh, not, not self-taught. So I had, uh, responsibility in our incident response. So for paychecks and actually background in the business. Uh, so I learned about data protection and the importance of security hands on from the ground up, right? From, uh, as we started to see cyber really evolve. Got it. Got it. So, okay. So guys, if you're watching this or you're listening to this, uh, you know, obviously cybersecurity is a big, big issue. This is a person in Kristen who like, this is her life. This is her job. Uh, it is bad situation. If, you know, if, if, you know, a, a company like Paychex gets hacked or if there's, you know, cyber flaws. So it is your job and your team, uh, Kristen, to make sure that you can, you know, reduce the risk of that happening. Although you can't completely eliminate the risk of happening, but your job is to reduce it. And I think that's really important for our audience to know. Um, so, Kristen, let's jump into a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I talk a little bit about why this is important. I, I, tell me about cybersecurity in small businesses. Yeah, so cybersecurity is uh, equally important to small businesses as it is to a large one. So more and more, are, we're seeing small businesses be attacked uh, by cyber criminals. And that can be something small or something big like like ransomware. So in fact, more than half of uh, the attacks are focused on small businesses. So, um, and one of the things that we see with small businesses is they're a more attractive target yeah. for probably a couple of reasons. Uh, the first being that they have less protections, less dig digital infrastructure and defenses. So it makes them an easier target. They also have uh, the data and the financial information that cyber criminals want. And they're oftentimes less prepared. So that can be anything from their end user education or uh, 
just uh, planning for the worst to happen to their business. For a lot of them, it's not on the radar as as the threat that it is. Yeah, you know, you um, you know, the media likes to cover the big hacks and data breaches that are out there. And, you know, the, the amount of small businesses that are that, you know, have this issue is just it's not reported. Uh, it's very tough, frankly, as somebody's in the media to, to to actually interview a small business that's been hacked because those guys don't really want to share that information at all. But it's really out there. Like you said, there's a huge amount of small businesses that that are impacted by uh, by by breaches themselves. So you had mentioned as well about like sort of user education. And, and let's start with that. I, my understanding is in the studies that I read, Kristen, is that like the number one reason why people get hacked is because of users, you know, like lack of user training. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So with any crime, you're going after the area that has the most potential for that crime. Right. Right. So social engineering, phishing, all of those techniques that are used by attackers focus on the end user. And that really makes user education important to stopping and defending against cybercrime. So half of uh, attacks start with a phishing or user credential compromise. Right. So they are, our attackers are focused kind of on that weakest link and those folks that know the least about cybersecurity. So when we talk about education and some of the best ways a business can defend themselves, it really starts with educating that user on how to identify the hallmarks of phishing or smishing, uh, which is a new attack vector that we're seeing and really uh, really go after that and really educate themselves on how to stop it. Yep. What is what is phishing, Kristen? And what is smishing? And what is social engineering? Yeah. So phishing has been around for a while. It's phishing with a PH. Yep. And phishing is sending a user some sort of lure, yep. pardon the pun, via an email. And that lure could be a link that looks just like you're tracking your UPS package mm. that you're waiting for, or something that's attractive for the end user. They click, it downloads malware or uh, spyware onto their system. So something that is a keystroke logger or watching for what the user is doing or gets them to compromise their username and password. And uh, from there allows the attacker access to their device or their network. You've explained what phishing is. Let's move on to smishing. Yeah, so smishing is something brand new that we're starting to see really get feet. Mm -hmm. So smishing stands for SMS phishing or text message-based phishing. Right. And what it is, is it has all the same hallmarks as you see with a phishing email, except it comes to the user's personal cell phone or device via a text message. So phishing has been around a while. Smishing's a little bit newer. And what we're seeing with smishing is there are less protections. So email gateways, even your Gmail, your Yahoo Mail have protections to identify spam and phishing emails, and they block a certain percentage of that. But when you get into a cell phone, uh, there's less of that. The other thing that we see as a hallmark with smishing is that it's a lot more realistic and targeted. Mm. So all that information that is out about you online uh, is used and targeted by attackers to send you a text 
that you're likely to click on. So they may have gathered your LinkedIn profile and know where you work or information about your business. And they may direct an attack that seems very realistic. Uh, this could be something the IRS has brought forward a smishing attack recently that they're seeing targeting their users, seeking to get financial information out of them because it looks real, because it's coming from a known trusted source or what you think is a known trusted source. User clicks on that and the same result happens as what happens with phishing, right? Download of malware, they can get at your credentials or they're, they're associating that with other vulnerabilities, like a vulnerability in your device mm -hmm. that allows them uh, to take over that device and take over your account. And it's not just downloading malware either, although that's the predominant way that these malware gets in. It can also be redirecting you to a malicious website as well, correct? Correct. And a lot of times they're after your username and credentials. Right. So your usernames, your passwords, it's uh, things like identifying that, not giving up your username and password uh, to an email or to a text message, you know, validating your source of that information, and then using the extra protections like multi-factor authentication, which is uh, that second factor in addition to your username and password. So if they get your password through a technique or something fails that way, mm -hmm. there's an extra fail safe in place with multi-factor authentication. So that's one of the ways that users can really protect themselves. Yeah, we're going to get into that because that, that's really, um, it, it is a powerful way. You, one other thing you mentioned was social engineering. Uh, what, what exactly is that? So social engineering really has has come about uh, in response to the information age, right? I have a LinkedIn profile. Right. I have a Facebook profile. All those things have information about me. Right. And social engineering is a conversation like you and I are having. And I may call into a call center or your place of business and misrepresent myself. So it is that that hands-on trying to get information a different way. So using what I know about the individual, the business, to work my way into the organization, same way, garner the information I need to start an attack or perpetuate fraud. Got it. So, okay. So let's say I screw up and I've, I've clicked on one of these links, whether it's on my phone or it's an email that I got or whatever, and some malware does get you know downloaded to my device, right? Either I got directed to a, a site that had that malicious malware, but, or just, it came downloading. What, what's the impact of that, Kristen? Like what, what, you know, why should I care? So absolutely. So as I mentioned, I think over half of the attacks start that way. Yeah. So it seems innocent, right? And the, uh, the very first thing you do when you click a, a link and you sort of realize, Hey, something doesn't feel right. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Um, so it's that moment of recognizing that and sort of falling on the sword yeah. and realizing, okay, this could be the start of something bigger. So the first thing I would suggest doing is reaching out to an IT professional for consultation, uh, for help on that impact, doing some things like changing your passwords, uh, th those type of things, all, always helpful, but start with that IT consultation and do it quickly. The quicker you say something, the easier it is to stop an attack before it starts. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, 
Let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that we can do to prevent these things from happening. And like we said earlier, uh, even at Paychex, I mean, nothing's 100% secure, right? I mean, my, the Department of Defense gets hacked, you know? I mean, so there's only so much you know, the IT community can do. But you, there is a lot of stuff we can do to minimize um, the risk of getting attacked. You mentioned one that if you do happen to download something, you know, report it immediately. Super important. What else can a business owner be doing in their business to 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 lower that risk of attack amongst their employees and and of course themselves? Yes. So I'd be remiss if I didn't start with with my job, which is user education. Yeah. So that can be trainings for your users on how to identify phishing, how to safely browse the web, when to validate a source. It can be something like simulation, simulated phishing emails that you send out across your company. It's being aware as a business owner and making sure your employees are aware as well. So that's the number one thing we can do. And the other thing is to have uh, those defenses in place, but plan for them to fail. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of businesses, it's either not on the radar or there's so much to focus on as a business that you think it can't happen to me. And when it does happen, it's super impactful. So uh, the best thing you can do is plan on what you would do if it does happen. So that can be things like cyber insurance, uh, being there and having a partner in place to help protect your business if something gets through and impacts you. It can be uh, understanding who your partners would be in that play, in that space, sure. right? Um, putting that plan in place. Uh, who would I reach out to? Who is my IT vendor? Who would I go to if my systems or networks were were failing me due to a cyber attack? Yep, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I am, you know, I'm pretty sure you can validate this as well. I'd like to hear your thoughts that the whole, all these employees working from home now because the pandemic and post-pandemic now has not helped the situation. In fact, I think it's gotten worse. And I'm wondering if you've got any like thoughts uh, or advice for business owners that do have work from home employees, what you should be reminding them to do or, 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 or doing to make sure that they, you know, are limit the, you know, the, the risk of getting breached. What's really important is I would say good habits at work start at home. Mm. And so protecting your accounts at home, using strong passwords, not reusing the same password that you use at home on your business account, varying that using password managers, uh, protecting your social media accounts yeah. and things with MFA, all those good habits make your home network stronger. So when I'm logging into my business from home, I'm protected. I have good hygiene, good habits uh, in regards to cybersecurity that are already in place. That is the biggest thing uh, that you can do to really help that uh, is make sure that your users are educated and they're protecting themselves everywhere, that good habits exist everywhere, not just at work because my employer says I have to. That's good. I'm going to add something else in is uh, our home routers as well. Our, you know, right. I mean, I can't tell you how many clients Absolutely. are, you know, they're, they're using the same password that Linksys provided when they got the router, which you can get off of a, you know, off of their website and anybody can, can hack into it. Right. 
Oh my gosh, you're absolutely <laughs> right, right? So securing your home network, changing those passwords. And then the other thing that I would say that people overlook, right? Everything's working fine. You think that's great. The second way that attacks happen is through vulnerabilities. Mm. And that's because of unpatched software. Yeah. For So check your applications, your phone's operating system, your router's uh, firmware, yeah. and make sure you have the up-to-date version on that. Because what happens in those patches and those updates is they're actually fixing security flaws and vulnerabilities that let attackers in. So in addition, the number one thing you're absolutely right on, change that password, don't go with the default. And the second best thing that you can do is make sure everything is updated and running the latest version of software. Yep. So don't ignore those, uh, you know, those, uh, you know, uh, messages you're getting from Microsoft or Apple or Google that you need to upgrade your operating system. You should be doing it all the time. Correct. A hundred percent. So smart devices, I think at the very beginning, yeah. there was sort of this rule of I'm going to wait and see if there's a bug in this code before I update to the latest operating system. And we've really seen uh, our smartphone providers, our Apple's and our Android providers get a whole lot better. So you're not seeing those flaws in operating systems. And a lot of times those updates are coming because there is a security vulnerability in that device that would allow an attacker, let's say, to have root access to the device. Right. So without you knowing or clicking a link or doing anything, they're able to get into your device and take control of it. Krista, did, you know, does security software still have a role nowadays? I mean, did you remember, like, it wasn't that long ago where, like, you had to have, you know, Symantec or, you know, Norton antivirus or all those, you know, were, were running on your system. I know they're still out there. But because um, clients ask me this question, you know, it's the same question, you know, they're like, listen, if I'm running the most recent version of Windows 11, you know, and I've changed my passwords and all that, do I still need to have security software as well on my device? What, what, give me your thoughts on that as well. Do you recommend that? Yes, uh, absolutely. A, a tiered defense is, is always better. Yeah. So there's some inherent protections that come with your operating system. And, but adding to that, you're really adding to your layers of defense. So there's more that an attacker would have to go through, right. uh, to be able to compromise your systems. So always great to consult with an IT professional on what exactly would work best for you and your business. But, uh, absolutely don't go with your standard configuration. Great. That is great. So let's recap a little bit. Okay. So we're upgrading, getting all the patches done on all of our software and operating systems. We should have security system uh, software running. Uh, you know, for our work at home workers, we need to make sure that their, their routers are secured as well. Their firmware is updated. Their, you know, their, their, their passwords are also more complex and, and certainly changed. Um, most importantly, though, of course, is training and and making sure that people can, you know, they're aware of what a you know, potential phishing or a smishing attack is, or if they're being social engineered. All of this either compromises, uh, you know, our, our personal data, but then also if somebody breaches one of our devices, they can get access to our company's systems as well. Um, some final thoughts. Oh, you also mentioned about cyber insurance as well. You have a lot of great information. You know, cyber insurance is another really good thing to make sure that, that, that you've got. Um, how about backups, you know, Kristen, I mean, and, and, you know, and some thoughts on, on cloud-based, you know, provide, there, there's a bunch of 
you know, managed services providers that are available now. And I have a lot of my clients going to them, you know, and saying like, we're not going to have it internally. We'll have somebody else host it for me. Some people say like, oh, I don't you know. I don't want to put my stuff in the cloud because it's less secure, you know, and I don't know if you have thoughts. I certainly do. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Is putting stuff in the cloud with a managed service provider less secure than having it on a server in the basement of your home or wherever your small business needs to be kind of leading you with that answer. But, uh, what, (laughs) what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So my thoughts on this are, uh, you know, I see cyber threats changing day in and day out. So certainly if, if you don't want to be the one responsible for staying on top of that, always a good idea to consult with an, an IT professional or security professional on what's best for your organization. There are pluses and minuses, right? To that server in your basement, to your point, <laughs> right? It's on you uh, and you may not want that. Uh, but cloud configuration and cloud security is a big topic. It's expanding in the world and um, making sure that that's configured in a way for you that's secure uh, and that you're working with a reputable reputable provider is really important. Just sounds like, uh, you know, it is, this is just a cost that businesses are just have to bear. Um, particularly if they have people working remotely and independently, there are so many chances of being breached, which can just disrupt your business. Like you said, to no ends in some cases, put you out of business that like some other recurring costs, like insurance, your payroll service, your accounting for there are certain costs you're going to have to have to run your business. And one of them is going to have to be like IT support to make sure that your, you know, your security is up to date. Uh, Kristen, am I forgetting anything else? Do you have any other final words of advice for our audience on making sure they, they, they keep their, not only their personal devices, their employees devices, their networks secure, or have we covered it all? I think we've got it, Gene. <laughs> I think so, too. Kristen Harper is the manager of operation security at Paychex. Kristen is eyeball deep in all of these security issues. And that's why we wanted to have her on. Kristen, great information. Thank you very much for sharing it with us. I am sure we'll have you back at some time in the future. And you're going to have lots of more horror stories to tell about ways that we could be attacked <laughs> and what to do to protect ourselves. But for now, this is great. So thank you so much. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash thrive topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.